Hey, Babs, what's going on? Oh, hey, are you like cooped up at home all alone or perhaps just with your significant other? Do you know what you guys could spend that time doing? I do. We are super excited to be supported by AdamandEve.com. Yes, please. So if you're looking for some sexy, sensual treats to spice up the bedroom. You know I am, but like, do you have any free stuff for me? Oh yeah, I mean, I've got free stuff. I've got sexy stuff, and I've got free stuff, and I've got free sexy stuff. Oh, that's just the stuff I've wanted. Do I you, mean, yeah. Could I maybe have almost any one item for 50% off? You can definitely have almost any one item for 50% off. Uh, that's half. Thank you. Um, And then on top of that, Adam and Eve is going to give you like a bunch of other free stuff. Well, how do I get it? You have to enter offer code HAGS. That's H-A-G-S. Oh, thank you for spelling it. At checkout. And once you do that, you'll get your half off your one item. And then you're going to get 10 very special, very sexy free gifts. Wait, is that one item for me, a special gift for Alex, and then a third item we'll both enjoy? Yeah, and then it's seven more on top of that because it's 10 total. What? Plus six free movies. How is that possible? Plus what? Free shipping. I can't believe it. What? How do I do it? Offer code HAGS. That is H-A-G-S at adamandeve.com. Thanks, Riley. You're welcome, Nicole. Hi. Hey. What's up? Oh, feeling conflicted. Oh, that Aren't feels we all? about right. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> This week, we're talking how to adjust our black and white thinking. What happens when we confront someone's incorrect expectations? Understanding how you've changed over time. And no, a debate does not necessarily mean that you're fighting. Oh. I know. It's a revelation. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But first, Nicole is going to take it away with our boss-ass bitch of the week. Today's boss-ass bitch is Siramavo Bandaranaike and written by Tim Sullivan. As always, if you like Tim's writings, please consider donating to Planned Parenthood. Saramavo was born in 1916 in what was then the colony of British Ceylon. After finishing school, she spent six years in social work. She distributed food in poor rural communities and improved the lives of women through access to better medical care. Through an arranged marriage, she wed Solomon Berdaranaiki in 1940. Solomon was a politician and supported the Sherry Lockin independence movement, which was successful in 1948. He became a member of the new parliament and health minister. As he grew frustrated with his party's politics, Siramavo encouraged him to found the Sri Lankan Freedom Party. They gained in popularity, and Solomon became prime minister in 1956. Three years later, he was assassinated in their home by a disgruntled Buddhist priest. Initially, resisting calls to run in her husband's place, Siramavo reluctantly agreed to enter politics. She was unanimously elected party president in 1960. On the campaign trail, she evoked her husband's legacy, sometimes with tears in her eyes. Her opponents dubbed her the Weeping Widow. Her own cousin advised that she had, quote, presided over nothing fiercer than the kitchen fire. Nevertheless, she led the Freedom Party to a landslide victory later that year and became the first female prime minister in world history. Adopting a progressive platform, Siramavo nationalized banking, insurance, and even parochial schools. She was an early and vocal opponent of apartheid in South Africa, though she had a complicated history with the Tamil minority in her own country. Stripped of citizenship when Sri Lanka declared independence, Siramavo advocated for their nationalization, but only under certain conditions. After losing in the 1965 elections, Siramavo became the first female leader of the opposition. She remained her party's leader for 40 years, serving as prime minister over three terms for a total of 18 years. She died in 2000, shortly after her final term. 
Sirimavo is credited with changing perceptions of female leadership and for implementing democratic socialist policies that helped close the gap in Sri Lankan's economic classes. Quote, I was often asked the question of how I functioned within an all-male cabinet. I must say I had no problems. They all cooperated and gave me the support necessary. Well, I appointed my cabinet of ministers. History is full of examples of disastrous consequences that came upon such nations that changed their constitutions by giving one man too much power. If I had won the last general elections, I would probably not have continued for the full term. But now that I am defeated, I can't leave. I won't run away from defeat. That would be cowardice. So clearly, Siramavo Bandaranaike was a boss-ass bitch. Oh, hey! Cool. Cool. So what are you conflicted about? (laughs) Nothing. I'm very clear on everything in my life. Start at the beginning. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Obviously. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast, it just has answers. No questions. Only pure, clear. Yeah, we definitely don't ever just pick at something and then leave it to fester. (laughs) Yeah, correct. Um, What am I conflicted about? I mean, I think I'm almost like... I feel like I need to do a lot of work to get myself to not try and jump to figuring out what the right way to do things is or the right way to think about things is. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, To give to like intentionally make myself slow the fuck down and spend more time in the gray area thinking about like the nuances of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's really easy to sort of knee jerk jump to or feel like you need to jump to one side or another just because that's the way specifically in America our country is operating right now. Definitely. I think online, anybody that's like involved in or participates in any kind of online culture, that shit is everywhere. You're either like right or wrong about a million things Um, or a lot of the way people post shit is very like, well, you better think about it this way. Otherwise, you've been fucking up and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Okay, no, you're right. Now I'm going to change my whole thinking around that instead of like just like slowing it down a little bit and being like, interesting. Yeah. I feel like if people start instead of, you know, and I'm guilty of this too, being like, this is the way it is. Fuck you. We're like made the post say something like, have you considered this side of the argument? Because that's just such a nicer, like more... Like, it pushes you toward actually considering it instead of just reacting to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Have you spent any time thinking about this? Or even just, like, have you considered that this isn't an argument? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, the phrase that's really helped me with this problem of, like, having to choose one side or another is a phrase that I hadn't heard until this year, which I think you may have said to me for the first time, Riley, which is, both of these things can exist in the same world. And now I'm just like, and they all do. Yeah. And they all do. Like, yeah. it's blown there's my mind. A, there's, I mean, I've seen a lot of that with the protests that have been going on. Like, people being like, but the looting. And but the and then other people right. being like, fuck the looting. Right. And, like, you can be, both can be wrong. Right. It just, it, it's, the the argument isn't about which one is more wrong or wrong in which way. It's about, like, where are you putting your energy and attention and heart and feelings is it behind the stuff or is it behind the people right and like in less about like is your argument right or is my argument right or is your argument less right than my argument or whatever it's like let's let's sort of like zoom out a little bit and redirect our attention because the attention is really what matters yeah i feel like there's this 
there's this like inherent disappointment in that's living in my body around like the way Americans deal with conflict uh, in general. Like, mm-hmm. so I keep thinking about, so this week was the 19th anniversary of 9-11, right? Yes. And it was a horrifying day in which thousands of people died. And I saw this one series of tweets that was like, you know, after 9-11, we really came together. And we <laughs> Was it that dude? I yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't really, like, focus on xenophobia or blah, blah, blah. When, like, actually, there were a bunch of Muslim folks who were straight up murdered. Yeah, After I think I, I replied to a comment. I think Roxanne Gay commented on that. And I, I forget what she said, but she was basically just like, uh, no. Wrong. And I literally, when I was reading that thread, I thought for a second, my brain was like, oh, wait, is this parody? Right, right. Like, <laughs> I really this... thought that it was a joke. <laughs> but like that dude is just thinking about like the immediate people in his inner circle. And he's not considering, right. and he's using his microcosm as a macrocosm of the United States, of the people in the United yes. States, which is wrong. Totally. And such a white privilege thing to do to say, to like 100%. be like my whiteness is always centered. So why would I need to think beyond the fact that like everybody on my block got together and like swept up and right. it was real. It was a real wholesome time and like we were all scared, but then we all came together and it was nice. Yeah, like cool <laughs> for you, dude. Exactly, exactly that. And he's like, and if you make me think in any other fashion, you're a racist. And you're like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> what? What just happened? But it's like. The only reason that there was some togetherness, which is like the sort of like crux of my extreme disappointment in the the people of the United States, is that we had a like common enemy that was like, I'm gonna kill y'all. And we were like, cool, we're going to murder millions of innocent people in the surrounding countries trying to find this one guy. Yeah. And I mean, th- we also had the ability. I was talking with some of my friends in New York recently about about collective trauma right. and how 9-11 was a collective trauma. Coronavirus is a collective trauma. Yes. But the di- the difference between the two being that you can't come together in coronavirus time. You can't, you cannot right. There's do no that. sense of community. So like, yeah, there was in New York, there was, people did come together. There was also a lot of other fucking shit that went on, including like violent Islamophobia mm-hmm. and all sorts of other shit. But there, you did have the ability. It's almost like, you know, if like you're on a public bus and like a scary person gets on and is like, and everyone's like, what's this dude going to do? Like, we're not sure about Everyone him. Everyone feels uneasy, yeah. Everyone feels uneasy. And then like, I don't know, maybe he gets off or something like that. And there's that that sort of like, you like talk to the person. You're like, wow, like, hey, like, where, where, yeah, what are you heading home from work? Cool. Like, you, there's like a moment of like human bonding that happens after there's like, a potentially stressful or a very stressful or a traumatic thing where yeah. humans just reach out to other humans because that's what we do. We're social creatures. Yeah. And that part doesn't really exist in the coronavirus collective trauma that we're currently all going through. Um, and it and it's it also has that feeling of being very, very different depending on your bubble. It might be that you're like, yeah, it's pretty inconvenient that I have to wear this mask. But like I have a few friends and we've all decided to be in a pod and we walk our dogs together every week. And it's like actually pretty nice. And then there's people who are like, my entire family has died and I haven't been able to mourn any of them or yeah. go to their funerals or see the rest of my family because people are dying. And I will it will take me years, if not my entire life, if not ever to get over this trauma. Yeah, it's hard. Have you watched The Leftovers, Riley? That we talked about? No, this? no, I haven't. Okay, so I've got a couple of friends on it. I've been meaning to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, it is a brilliant show. And I feel like Alex and I are currently rewatching it. So um, it's just very timely because it's also about sort of this event of mass grief, right? Where mm-hmm. everyone is like, 
Everybody's lives changed. Yeah. So 2% of the population disappears in a moment on October 14th. The day after my birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) Another significant thing happens on the 13th, but you don't find out about that until season two. So I'm not. Is it me being born? It's you being born. They literally (laughs) are like, Riley Rose Critchlow was born many, many years before. Not many, many, but many years before this. I don't want to age you, Riley. It's fine. I'm 33. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's like these factions of people who I feel like could exist in our current world called the guilty remnant, whose whole thing is like the world is trying to move on. And we don't want them to move on. We want them to know that the world ended and that like we are living reminders that this has happened. And I feel like, especially in the States, we're like, we're just like, fuck it. Everybody do whatever you want. Who cares who dies? My name is Donald Trump and I don't give a fuck about anyone but myself. We're like an organization like the Guilty Remnant could actually do some good if they weren't so absolutely horrifying. Mm, mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I feel like people who haven't been personally touched or know someone who has been personally touched by coronavirus haven't like internalized the fear that some people have of getting this virus. Yeah, I mean, I think it totally it depends on the person, too. I definitely know people who don't necessarily have a personal connection who take this extremely seriously. Yeah. And this has been has changed their life in every way and they like live in daily fear. Yeah. Um, And then I also know people who like have had their lives touched by it. I think it's just your willingness to, to let it in kind of. To like engage with the reality of this virus. And there are some folks who are just like, I saw a video on Facebook of a police officer that was called to a house party happening on a college campus. And he's like checking his computer for the people who actually live there. And the one guy pops up on his computer as COVID positive. And he's like, I'm sorry, talking to this kid with no mask, either of them on the street. And he's like, you're positive for coronavirus. And the kid's like, yeah, that's why I'm at my house. And he's like, but you have like 15 people here. And he's like, yeah, they just came over. And it's like, (gasps) dude, dude. And the police officer is like almost laughing because he's like, I, he can't believe Ugh. that this is a thing that's happening in this house. Like, what an absurdity. Yeah. Who's like, dudes, I have coronavirus. So if you want to see me, you're going to have to come over. What? Yeah. No. What? That's like, that's an area where I would like us to be more conflicted, please. Yeah. Like, have a little bit of a harder time inviting all your friends over, sir. Yeah. What? I still like I saw the video. I had to watch it twice because I was like, this is is this is this satire or is this right, a person exactly. that exists in the world? <laughs> like, how are the onion and reductress and the hardtimes.net like surviving when our entire world is satire? Oh, I saw a really good one. I forget what it was from. Maybe it was the onion, but it was like a like a white woman staring out the window at the forest fires. Mm-hmm. It was like something along the lines of like. I just wish that they would find a more peaceful way to protest climate change. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's very good. I was like, that is good. Well Thank done. You. Humor, well done. The humor that can exist still is now very is, dark. I appreciate it so much more, though. And it is very dark. Like Chelsea Peretti tweeted something today that was like, oh, great news. Like my my son hasn't been able to see his, see his friends in five months, but now he also can't go outside to play. And the air inside is bad, too. <laughs> oh, Chelsea. <laughs> like, ah! It's funny because it's true and it's also sad and horrifying. So the worst. I can't imagine being trapped inside like a one bedroom apartment with a toddler. Oh my God. I'm sure she doesn't live in a one bedroom apartment, but 
I also don't know how old her son is. But I think regardless. he's a toddler. Um, is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But dang, that's a lot. Because she posts things like, I saw a post the other day where she was like, I wanted to bake cookies with my son um, so that we would have a fun activity to do. But I have to keep stopping myself from being like, oh, they're not going to taste perfect because you put too much fidelity in it, you little asshole. And like all this like <laughs> crazy shit. And she's like, and now I'm using this whale cookie cutter and I want every cookie to be perfect. But he can't be, it can't be perfect because he has tiny hands that can't do this correctly. <laughs> and then she Instagrammed a photo of the cookies and was like, why am I like this? I would I would love it if we discovered that her son is like 15. I would love that too. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. He's actually 27. Yeah. Um, but he's he, like, mom, you're very embarrassing. He's like, why are you tweeting about me still like I'm a child? Um, <laughs> oh, man. There are, so, there are so many things to be conflicted about currently in our time that I'm yes. having trouble keeping track of all of them. Yeah, there's definitely a huge... There's an overload. There's a brain overload. Humans are not supposed to know and care and need to feel personally responsible for all of these things all mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't know and care and feel personally responsible about all of these things because that's the situation and the reality of it all. But yes. we weren't we weren't built this way. So if you're having brain malfunctions or life malfunctions or whatever, it's cool. It's all <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Also, so I've been doing the plant business, right? Well, it make my yes. pandemic pivot. And it's like growing little by little. And it's been very like fun and exciting. And there are a lot of people out there who are still employed. So they've been doing the like, we want to support a new local business. And they're coming to me, which is very exciting, right? Then you have the other side of that coin that's like, <laughs> I have a client or a potential client who has been trying to literally nickel and dime me for every itty bitty little thing that I've been doing. Mm. And I've been feeling like really conflicted about it because she was a referral and I want to do a good job, but also like the amount of money she wants to spend is not, it doesn't cover like the really rare fancy ass plants she wants me to get for her. Yeah. And I finally like had to have a talk with myself where I was like, okay, you're going to have to put your foot down because you can't, like go into debt for this client yeah like she she wants like really beautiful like native plants but they're not exactly like on sale at your local nursery like i have to source them from specific growers Mm -hmm. um so i had to write her this like kind of shitty email the other day that was like no i can't go any lower than this this is the price you will pay i need half of it up front because I can't flow, like, I'm not a rich, fancy person. I don't even have, like, a business credit card. Like, I'm paying out of my ass for this stuff. And I essentially wrote that this is very physically taxing work, and I know my worth, mm-hmm. and if she doesn't like it, she can take it or leave it. And I sent, sent I, like, hit send, and then was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, you may have just lost, like, a $2,000 client. Can you afford to do that? Da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, I had an email a text message and a voicemail from her being like, I'm sorry. Um, absolutely. I will get you the money. Can you reserve next Saturday for me? And like all this like apologetic shit. And now I like kind of feel bad, but also I'm conflicted because like, I do know what I'm worth and it is physically taxing work and fuck you. (laughs) But I know now when I see her, she's going to be like scared of me. And there's a part of me that's like, be scared. (laughs) And there's another part of me that's like, don't be cry. Okay. You know, like being a business person is not fun. 
<laughs> I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. uh, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, anytime, I think anytime you, you have to advocate for yourself in a way that the other person isn't expecting, mm -hmm. you then have to deal with like shifting their expectations yes. and whatever resistance they have around that. And sometimes people are going to come back at you with like, no, my expectations are accurate. And sometimes they're going to come back, back with you with like, you're right. My expectations are bullshit. I'm sorry. And then you're like, oh God, you know, and it, yeah. you, you, you never know. And, and I mean, I would remind you that like, you're never going to be able to control whether she likes you or doesn't like you or feels good about it or whatever, whatever. But I think knowing for yourself that you put your foot down when you needed to, mm -hmm. when clearly like, clearly she wasn't conflicted enough about asking you to nickel and dime your way into debt. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. She like should have been. I quoted her $2,500 initially and she was like, that is extremely expensive. And I'm like, it's your entire front lawn. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, that's nothing. Yeah. If you were to hire like a landscaping company, yeah. that's a drop in the bucket. And she's like, well, it's two, it's three planters. And I'm like, yeah, six by six foot fucking giant. <laughs> what, do you, what are we talking about here? Like, it's been so. And every time I send her one form of communication, an email, and then she sends me a voicemail, a text message, an email. Yeah. And I just want to scream because they all have different information in them. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, listening. Listening is another one. Well, so the listening thing is interesting, too, because I think people operate on their expectations more often than they do on the actual information they've been given. Oh, interesting. I think that's perfectly accurate. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That like someone's like, I have expectations about this. And you're like, here's the details. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. I've been listening to my own expectations and I've let in 30% of your details um, in a way that they fit into my existing expectations. Yeah. And I still have my expectations. And yeah. And when you have to be like, actually, here's a big adjustment to your expectations. Right. <laughs> then they can be like, oh, like, like yeah, rewind. Like, <laughs> malfunction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what happened. Because she like once you've seen them growing along the side of the highway. They're like these big big pink they're called pink pompas but they're like big like dr seuss looking oh yeah with those are awesome and they're beautiful but they're like they grow wild in california but no nurseries just like come on down for the pink pampas warehouse that's considered a weed here in california mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. so i have to go to a grower but they're so right. and be like, pretty i need these specific plants yeah and they're yeah. like great that will be 187 dollars for a three gallon pot and i'm like fuck i need four of them shit yeah <laughs> you know Anyway, yep. everything's fine. Business is fine, but also terrible in different ways than I expected. That sounds that sounds accurate, though. Yeah. If you were like, everything has been perfect and wonderful and no conflicts have arisen, I would have been like, oh, fuck, there's something you're not seeing. Oh, no, Nicole's not <laughs> self-aware at all. She yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something's going to happen. <laughs> or if you were like, everything's a disaster and everybody hates me, I'd be like, maybe you shouldn't be in this business. But I think you're like in a good middle ground. <laughs> yeah, like I do good work. I don't necessarily enjoy how many spiders I've had on my body, but, you know. <laughs> hey, it comes with the territory. <laughs> and, like, the business portion is terrible, which is why, by the way, as an actor, you have an agent and a manager to have those awkward right. conversations for you. Right. I had kind of, like, a similar, like, needing to advocate for, or, like, having somebody come in with expectations, mm. and I was like, um, and it took me, and then I had that moment where I was like, actually, I need to correct this yes. in a way that, like... So I got new hedges. I cut off all my hair recently, which you definitely know from listening to my voice. Yep. Um, I can tell. Her hair sounds <laughs> just shorter. Tell, right? Isn't it? <laughs> um, 
I also, this past week, you guys did all the things you're not supposed to do what when you, you get do? headshots. I did every single one of the things you're not supposed <laughs> to do when you get headshots, which like part of me was almost like, well, fuck it. At this point, like do it. Who cares? Right. Two days before my headshots, I got a big, an additional big haircut, like way even shorter than my short haircut was before. And then the day before my headshots, I dyed my hair. Um, Riley so then I- <laughs> Rose. <laughs> So I was like, and I like don't super love the color, but I was like, too late now. Like the night before my headshots, I dyed my hair. And I was like, okay, well, (laughs) I was like, well, this is the life you're living now. And you're just going to have to, I was like so zen about it, honestly, in that headshot session. Cause I was like so resigned to being like, this is going to be something that I have no expectations for because I don't know what I look like. I haven't even conceived of like (laughs) how I come across as a human. Every time I see a mirror, I'm like, who the fuck is, oh, oh, that's right. I did that to myself. (laughs) All right. Cool times. Wait, who did you get your shots done with? Um, her, well, I'm going to talk about them. So okay, I yeah, keep, no, never mind. We'll talk about that off. <laughs> okay. off I really liked her though. But anyway, um, so at that point I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I was kind of already resigned to like kissing $500 goodbye yeah. and just being like, this is an experiment. These are experimental headshots. Love it. And okay. if I don't like them, I can get other headshots and the world is on fire and nothing matters. So fuck it. Right. It's not like you're going to Theo and Juliet, which is like $1,300 oh or that whatever. That was the first headshots I got no! after I graduated. And I hated them. Of course but- you did. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I went into this headdress session. I had hired a hair and makeup person because again, I don't know what I look like and I would rather at least have one other person responsible for doing something right. to my Agreed. appearance. Since agree. What the fuck? Right. Um, also, I don't know if you've ever gone from never having a pixie cut to having a pixie cut, but like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. <laughs> I was just like went on the internet and was like, I guess I'll buy all of these products and just put them on my head and see if they make me look ways. Oh my God, I'm going to cry laughing. (laughs) Okay, keep going, keep going, never stop. So, and I mean, to be fair, like I don't have a lot of personal feelings uh, like tied up in my hair. There are moments where I'm like, oh, I look not great, but whatever, it's going to be this way for years now because it's got to grow out. Um, But I never have had like super, like I know a lot of people like cut, like accidentally cut an inch shorter than they meant to and like have a mental breakdown and and I get that I just have never been one of those people so Uh this was like all of this is sort of like feels kind of like silly and casual for me too that I'm like this is ridiculous my hair is ridiculous I don't know (laughs) um so I went into this headshot session feeling like fine about it and just and and you know I told them I emailed them before I got there um for the hair makeup person I was like just so you know like I recently cut off almost all my hair, so you don't need to, like, lug in a bunch of heat, like, curling Tools, irons. Right, because right, I don't have the hair for it. Bring so your just, pomades and your fingertips, and we've got this. If you have a this. tiny straightener, go for it, but otherwise, yeah, don't right, worry about right. it. And she was, like, she was, like, appreciative. She's like, oh, my God, thank you for telling me that. It takes, like, half of my, the weight out of my kit. And I was like, yeah, I figured. Um, and I and I also told them in the thing, I was like, you know, I'm non-binary. I sort of like being um, androgynous or playing on, like, both sides of gen- the gender spectrum and so i'm probably going to want some shots that are more masculine some shots that are a little bit more androgynous some shots that are more feminine right um that's kind of like my idea for this shoot just so we're all kind of on the same page and i went in and i was like yeah so i think i'm just going to start in like a more masculine place and like have like almost no makeup on like really really bare face and then work my way up to like maybe some shots that have some more makeup and are more feminine yeah, and more makes styled. Sense. makes sense for the makeup artist to like build into that and and so i was like okay i think i've been pretty clear up until this point as to like what I'm who I am what I'm going for my expectations mm-hmm. and then the makeup artist was like doing my makeup and we were chatting and I was just sort of like you know just waiting for her to be done or whatever 
And then I realized that she was doing the the like girliest classic girl version of no makeup which is actually a lot of a fuckload of makeup yeah which and i and i realized that like 75 percent of the way through Uh, i was like oh interesting that like still and i don't think it was in a way that she thought i was wrong about what i wanted or that like i was going to be upset if she didn't put enough makeup on me me specifically i Mm -hmm. think it was just that she's been conditioned to do that type of bare face, quote unquote, look for right. women. I have a follow up question about this makeup artist. Is yes. it someone you hired separately that you know or was it like no. the... It was the makeup artist that the photographer usually works okay, with. Okay, so is it... It's. I assume it's the person we've spoken about. Um, it's not. It's not. Okay, because I was going to no. say that makeup artist, there's no way they would be able to handle that. I don't think you know either of these people. Okay, great. Okay, love it. Um. Yeah, so anyway, I and then so she like showed me my face in the mirror and to me... I felt like I was wearing a lot of makeup. I also know in photographs, it often like it washes you out. So you end up putting like even men will put on makeup and it'll look like they're wearing makeup. But in the photograph, it doesn't. So I was like, okay, well, we'll see how it photographs or whatever. But as soon as I was like, I think she I think she like she like raised her hand to put mascara on me. And I was like, actually, can we not put any mascara? Because I really want to go really masculine with these shots. And I think as soon as I like emphasized masculine as opposed to no makeup, right? She started. I could see her sort of get visibly like uncomfortable. Like what kind of what you were saying about like getting the voicemail and the text, being like, "Oh my god," like the expectation shifting right. and sort of. I think initially she had just heard what she usually hears from actors that are like, "Yeah, I want to keep it really fresh and really clean and like not a lot of makeup and like." what she interpreted Yeah, she was on that. autopilot. And right. Not- and then I was like, no, no, I want to look like a boy. And right. she was like, okay. And like put the mascara down and then like started wiping some of my blush off and like wiped the, ch- like the semi-glossy chapstick she put on oh, me. Oh, Lord. And I was like, you know, and it was fine. It really, she didn't like make me look ridiculous. My makeup looked great. And when we did, when we like tested on camera, I think it does look fine and look like I'm not really wearing anything. But I had to like over and over emphasize like, no, I want to look like I'm wearing no makeup right like i have like my skin is my skin and like whatever my skin comes with right and that's like like a man this is my <laughs> truth yeah i want the right. privilege of being just myself yeah and even and she i think once we once like we worked together with through that look and she sort of understood me a little bit better like later in the shoot when we were doing some more feminine stuff i was like so here's the thing about the feminine stuff i have very round cheeks and it makes me look very young in pictures my voice does not sound this way and really young photos don't do me any good yeah you walk in the room and they're like oh she's significantly older than she looks in her picture yeah and like i don't look young young enough to really get like 16 year old auditions but i also don't look like i'm based on my headshots i rarely look like i'm in my 30s when i would actually really like to play those roles please yeah um, so when we were doing my more feminine stuff, I was like, I know you never hear this, but make me look older, please. Please make my face look older than it currently is. And yeah. I like really emphasize that. And she was like, okay. And I think at that point, because of the earlier like shift in expectations, she was, she was like, really I'm on board and listening. with this weird human and whatever she wants from her headshots. That's like different from what I usually norm, yeah. think people want from their headshots and that's fine. But yeah, we'll see how they turn out. I have no fucking idea. They might all go in the garbage, but it was a, an interesting experiment. <laughs> well, also, like, what a good exercise in advocating in a clear fashion for yourself, even though, like, I wish I had done that with my last headshot session because this woman was all about that 80s look. Mm. And I had to keep being like, nah, 
put the lip liner nah. down. Yeah, Susan. and then she yeah. overlined my lips, and mm. I didn't like super notice because like I don't know, I'm not the best at being like you look like a goddamn clown. And like I saw two of the pictures, and I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, please don't overline my lips. And this was like a more neutral tone, so she like took it down. But then she did a red lip later, which when you do a red lip on a pale person, like. Your girl's stained now. It's not mm. coming off for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you could try. You could scrub. Yeah, you're gonna look like a like Ronald McDonald. Trust. I'm with you on that. Yeah, um, it looks like it looks like a starfish like got your face yes. and like suctioned your lips off. And, and like even when they wipe it off, it's like worse. Yes. Oh my god, it's so much worse. <laughs> I wiped it off in the yes. car and was like, well, this is the way your face looks for two days yeah. now. <laughs> Congratulations! Um, it looks like you have a rash. Yeah. It's like, can I get a steroid cream? Um, I have to melt my face off to get this off of my face. But she like went back on autopilot for the red lip and overlined my shit. And Riley, I cannot use any of those photos because Ugh. I look like a literal goddamn clown. Like Alex attest to this. He saw the red lip pictures and was like, oh yeah, maybe, don't use those. Not those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like borderline insulting too because it's like, oh, clearly this is something that they're doing to, you know. Everyone. Like, well, I just mean specifically, it's like, why did you think thicken her lips is that because her lips are too thin like why'd you do that right that that they assume yeah exactly that they're like and she she like put a lot of coverage on my under eye circles and i was like i know i have those like they're on my face since i was a child so like it's it's cool and she like even she said to me she was like i put a lot of coverage there and i was like why Why? because also (laughs) guess who has to go into the audition and guess who's not going to do that same thing oh yeah either i literally I said that to them over and over. I was like, I am so lucky that a lot of the auditions, I don't get a ton of auditions, but almost like 80% of the ones I do specifically say in the audition breakdown, do not wear makeup. Love that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a gift to me. I just get to wake up and like go act and like not think at all about my face. And yeah, exactly. If they set you up with this like glam look, then the casting director is probably going to expect that you look like that. Right. Yeah. And let me tell you, okay, here's where I'm, Let's let's get into some skin shit just real quick. Yeah, yeah, do it. So Riley and I went to the um, dermatologist <laughs> together. This is the only the only time I've seen the only time I've laid eyes on Nicole <laughs> since the pandemic started was because we had back to back dermatology appointments and we like waved at each other from like twelve feet across we the we lobby were so in our masks. Far away from each other. <laughs> And then we ended up in rooms next to each other, which I felt close to you because every now and then I, I could hear your voice. I know when they opened the door and you were like, hi, I was like, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> so I went because I had a rash on my chest and I was like, what's happening? OK, but I also went with a secondary agenda as a woman in this society, feeling like I'm 33. I should probably be using all kind of creams that burn the shit out of my face. Right. No. So I requested an anti-aging and anti-acne treatment. And the doctor literally looked me in the face and she and I, the doctor and I are similarly complected. She's a redhead. She was like, I don't know about that. And I <laughs> yes, pushed her. <laughs> I pushed her hard. And she like, I felt her go, fuck it. And like, <laughs> write me the prescription. And then you know what she did, Riley? She looked at me and she said, when this doesn't work, here's what I want you to do to fix it. Ah. And she gave me a secondary plan. Oh, and I was nice. like, bitch, I'm not, I wrote it down, but I was like, bitch, I'm not going to need a secondary plan. I'm a genius. I'm going to look like a <laughs> sexual baby. I'm going to be a doctor, but I yeah. am a human. Yeah. I'm so. going to be problematic as fuck. Watch out world. Here she comes. So cut to, I don't know, four weeks later, I have the worst 
breakouts I have ever had. Skin is sloughing off of my chin area. It is bright red. The rash Jesus. is gone. <laughs> that steroid cream worked. Um, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Like I had never like I've had fine skin my whole life, like mostly pretty good. I took that fine, pretty good skin and flushed it down the toilet because I thought <laughs> what's like something was wrong with it. What yeah. I was supposed to be doing was X, Y, and Z. I was like, I'd get it one pimple a month and it was always in the same three spots. And I was like, oh no, I have bad skin. But really what I did was blow up my face. And mm. I emailed her. I called the office, got her email address emailed her we've been talking back and forth and she literally was like use the secondary plan like i told you and um by october your skin will be okay again this was in fucking june Ugh. and you know what it's just now still healing but i still have way worse acne than i have ever had in my entire life because i took what was working and took like society's expectations and applied them to myself which by the way never fucking works <laughs> and but we will continue to try that shit. Yeah, and I now totally I'm like get that. Spending hundreds of dollars trying to get back to what I had. Yeah, which is an absurdity. Yeah, I feel like people go through that with, with like diet culture too. Yeah, that like they just live in a human body, and their human body is the way their human body is because genetics yep. and their life. Yep. And then they get some idea in their head that they should change their body to be some other person's mm -hmm, body. Mm -hmm. And then they fuck their metabolism and their body changes into a different body from the body they previously had. And they like the new body way less than even the, the, the previous, original yeah. body. <laughs> and then they get on this whole fucking thing. That, and like when in reality, like, just let your body be your body. Just and then let you're your like body be your body. sick and nutrient deprived. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. And it's like, you should just eat the food. Yeah, and you've developed a fear of food, yep. which is no bueno for anybody. Nope. And it's bad news bears. Society bad news bears. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> really does. But like it's also wonderful because we get to live and commune with each other. But we need to yeah, stop except like for the pandemic, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic is a bitch. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think we need to to cool it a little bit on our expectations of ourselves and obviously our expectations of other people and just live live in the gray area a little bit more be like okay all right magazine article i see your three things you should be doing by the time you're 30 and that one of them is night cream um i'm gonna <laughs> understand that that exists in the world and also look at my face in the mirror and be like i'm cool with my face and move along yeah with yeah. my day because, yeah, I think when you get new information like that, you're like instant like panic. Like, I've been doing something wrong. I should be doing something different. Everybody else is doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm the only one not doing this. Yeah. And that's how I, I felt. And even when she when the doctor was like, mm, I don't know about that, like literally said, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like, well, I've also been told I need to advocate for myself in the doctor's office. And this is what I want. Well, see, and that's true, too. This is where the gray area yeah. comes in, that it's not one or the other. And women, especially women, especially women of color, have to advocate so hard mm -hmm. for themselves in doctor's offices and cannot trust doctors. I saw, an uh, I don't know, a post or something recently that was equating the way that black men feel about police officers to the way that black women feel about doctors. Yeah. And depending on where you're at, if you have a disability, if you live in a fat body, doctors can be an extremely conflicting experience to be like i'm advocating for my health but i also don't fucking trust you to not kill me or kill my baby or deny me care or think that because i don't have 
a quote unquote quality of life, you're going to like take me off fucking support or whatever. Right. And and yeah, I mean, that that exists on so many different levels. And you and I have had plenty of experiences with doctors where we're like, um, no. And yeah, I absolutely understand why you went in and you were like, I have this idea. The doctor might say some shit, but I'm going to. And I think that's fine that you like went in and you're like, I want this. And they were like, eh, and you're like, give it to me anyway. I'm glad that she did and that she also gave you a backup plan. And that like whatever shit happened with your skin was is able to like be fixed, even if it was like shitty for a few months. Yeah, it, w- it was. And I, it kind of still is, but it's right now the best it's been since <laughs> before I blew it up. <laughs> um, and she was like advocating for natural products, too. She was like, what's important to you? And I was like, I don't like plastic. I don't like like testing on animals she was like okay so you and i are on the same page use this cbd cream like are you okay with marijuana and i was like am i okay with marijuana (laughs) yes i am okay with marijuana (laughs) the answer is yes Um, and like all of that stuff is working but i'm just so like i was so disappointed in myself that i someone who like i don't need to listen to uh, society and fuck you and i do my eyebrows for me that was like a wake-up call that like maybe you don't and maybe you need to cool it a little bit. Like I had to readjust myself yeah. and my expectations and living in the world. I think that's important too, is to like to figure out or to like question some of your maybe more black and white thinking about your own life that just has to do with like the way you think about yourself or the way you exist in the world and be like, do I feel this way? I know that at one point I felt this way. Right. And I sort of like hung my hat on it because I was like, I am sure that I feel this way. But also like you're a human and humans change. And like you've learned a lot of stuff in the past year even. I don't know. I always just think about like how much has happened. Not even just this year. This year is like an outlier, obviously. (laughs) But like year to year, so much shit happens. And like you change so much as a human being. And if there's like, I don't know, if there's some of those things that you hold on to, this is all of us, me included, that like we hold on to about ourselves that we're like, I'm this way, I like this, or I don't like this, or I need this, or I can never do that. That shit, of course that shit's going to change. So like check in with yourself and see where you're at. Yeah. Agreed. To be conflicted. Oh boy. And we also, especially if you live in America, but I'm sure this exists in varying degrees everywhere, um, people's ideas and opinions are weaponized so quickly In America, we've got this fucking two-party system that loves to be like us and them. These ideas versus these ideas. If you think this way, you're good. If you think this way, you're bad. And it's fucking everywhere, especially right now, because we're going into like a nightmare election. (sighs) Um, Real scared about it. But yeah, like understanding where that messaging is coming from, too, and being like, I don't know, even if you're like, yeah, I'm super progressive, but also... I think I believe in God and Jesus and I like to pray sometimes. Like, that's fine. That's fine. It's so, it's so all these, like, that. those mentalities are so easily conflated with each other that you're like, well, yeah, if you pray, you probably like guns and hate and, you know, hate women controlling their own health care or whatever. <laughs> like, it's there's just so much more nuance to human existence. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that, I feel like, and I know I've spoken really down on conservatives many times and it's not like i'm gonna stop but (laughs) also i mean i sent my family an email last week that was like hey here's an article i read and i want to know what you guys think about that and this isn't me trying to indoctrinate you this is me trying to understand how you think and what about this is true for you and what isn't even though objectively it's all true 
And it was about Trump calling World War II POWs losers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because and and smart of you, because you were like, here is here's a Something value true. that I think that you probably hold. Yes. About our troops. Yes. And here is a person that you currently are at least OK with. Right. Um, so where are we at here? Where are we at? So I sent it to my immediate family, my sister included, because I wanted I wanted it to be like, even though Tina and I are on the other side of the spectrum, I wanted it to be like a family discourse mm-hmm. situation, right? Um, and I was like, I'm very open to you guys sending me articles that you're reading um, from from your side of the fence. And like, you can pose questions to me about those and I will happily read that article. And we can, this could be fun and we could learn about each other. And I would really like that because I feel like at this point in my life, I don't fucking know who you are. Like, I know you're my mom and you're my dad, but who are you as people outside Mm -hmm. of those roles in my head? Yeah. And you know what responses I got, Riley? Oh, fucking nothing. Just nothing from anyone. Uh, Nothing. And mm. my sister was like, I didn't email because they didn't email. And I didn't want to like both of us to pile on. And I was like, smart, very smart, (laughs) very smart. But I'm like, I guess I'll respond to my own questions that I posed this week and see if they respond to that. But like, I do want, I am willing to read some stuff that I construe as straight up garbage if it will help. (laughs) And like, I'll write like, these are the questions I have. And I'll come back at them, not with like aggressive shit, but like, here's where I don't agree. And here's where I question this. And here's how I feel about this. Like, that's all I'm asking them. They could be like, this article is written by the Atlantic. Fuck the Atlantic. And I'd be like, oh, interesting. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's right. part of me learning about who they are. And I just fucking want to know. Yeah. And. Yeah, you're you're popping the bubble. I'm trying to. Yeah. I yeah, could I use my good. bubble popped to yeah. be popped. I just went Pittsburgh on you guys real hard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use the helping verbs to be. But it's hard to get people to engage in that kind of thing especially when going back to your point like we as humans do change over time right but there's this like subset of humanity that's like this is the way i've always been i'm not changing but like you have changed of course you've changed so like just just lean in a little bit i don't need you to have a banner that says i've changed and throw yourself a parade but i do need you to be like huh even just the huh is enough for me yeah yeah well, that's why you see so many posts like begging to like normalize this shit, like normalize changing your opinion, yeah. normalize not knowing the answer and 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 not answering the question because you don't know. Like just being like, you know what? I would love to do some more research on this before I even speculate an opinion yeah. about it, because the more that we can publicly see people doing that or hear people doing that, the easier it becomes for people that are a little bit more like butthole clenched about it to <laughs> to to participate it's a you know description yeah. really. even being yeah, conflicted if you're on anything clenched about it then it's <laughs> it's too tight it's, too, it's, it's, too, tight it's too tight and it's scary and it like feels like your whole world is crumbling down just to be like to even admit that for a second you questioned something that your like political party said or whatever because you're like no i have to hang on to this tooth and nail because they're trying to attack it and they're trying to attack me and my way of thinking and my way of life. Yeah. Instead of just being like, no, I, I change my mind all the time. And I'm wondering 
if I might change my mind about this, and if you don't change your mind about this, that's fine. But, you know, you might change your mind about something else. Just making it like an easier fucking thing. Yeah. What were you going to say, Alex? Just even being conflicted about anything is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's usually a pretty good sign, at least initially, about some issue. Like, yeah. That you're considering all sides of the yeah, argument. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. it should be. Complicated issues require you to be conflicted about them because you're, like, actively attempting to determine what the right way to go is and like i feel like there's just so many people in this country particularly who see any sort of conflict as like a weakness like if you if you think too hard about something then you know you have no conviction or you're not like strong enough about it Mm. or you don't have like you you haven't picked a side or whatever and it's like well going off of that i would say when alex and i were first dating i thought we fought all the time because alex was constantly challenging my ideas and I was like, why are we fighting? Why are we? And he's like, we're not. We're discussing ideas. We're debating. We're having like good conversation. And that for me, Riley, was like world changing because in my like growing up, the, like if you questioned or like even still to this day, if my mom's like, the sky's red. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. You perceive it that way. I think it's blue. <laughs> She'd be like, why did you embarrass me and get in a fight with me in front of everybody? <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait, no, I thought we were just talking about how we perceive the sky. And like, right. <laughs> I was like that too. And it took me being like, oh, wait, why do I feel threatened? Is it because I've dug in so hard on these sort of like backwards point of view that I can't like see past my nose? Yes. Isn't it more fun to see the whole world instead of just my nose? Yes. I prefer that. And like over the past 14 years we've been together, I've now like metamorphosized. Is that a word? Metam- yep. Nope. Don't ask me to say it again because I won't. <laughs> you nailed it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> into the person I am now who enjoys like discussing and discourse and like maybe being uncomfortable in conversation and or saying things like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think it's exciting. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, sort of like when we talk about, you know, shifting one's perspective on racism or misogyny or whatever it is that you're like I know this is in me because of where I grew up right just I've accepted that it's in me Mm -hmm. and I'm interested in finding ways to get it out of me instead of defending myself and saying that it isn't in me I'm going to spend more of my energy figuring it out than than just like trying to deny that it exists yeah And I feel like that it's way more it's just it like already feels like a huge weight off your shoulders that it's that you're not like trying to defend yourself all the time. You're just working. You're working on it to be better. And then, yeah. And then it becomes even more exciting when you can work on it or when somebody helps like unlock a little part of it that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't I've been so conflicted about this or whatever. And somebody says something you're like, oh, I don't have to be conflicted about it because those two things can exist simultaneously or whatever. Your mind is blown forever. Actually, right. We don't actually have to find an answer to this because even the fact that we're focusing on this the debate we're missing the entire point because the point's over there right oh great yeah <laughs> you know like i think yeah, as I think it can be really freeing like united states people and i want to say like united states people instead of americans because i know canadians are also americans we're all north americans together and so are like mexicans and like 
I just want to make sure this and is like South Americans. Yeah. It's like and South Americans, world. it's a lot of the world. Yeah. Are Americans, but like for I some think if reason, you say Americans, it evokes one thing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. United States. But I just want to be <laughs> super clear that that's the. Although it's funny because if you do go to Canada, occasionally they'll refer to themselves as Americans, and you like kind of throws you off for a second. Oh really? Yeah, because technically they are. Yeah, you're like, oh, they're not. Oh, wrong. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> so like, I mean, the United States when I'm talking about this, and now I've lost my point because. <laughs> I'm so intently talking about Americans. But like we really obsess with being right. Like there mm-hmm. has to be a right. And sometimes there's not a right or a wrong. It's just that it is. Yeah. And we have to embrace that a little more and stop using the phrase it is what it is. I want to scream every time someone uses it. My dad went on a huge rant about that recently. He if he listens to this episode, he will be so excited that you said oh that. Oh my god, I hate it so much. It's the worst. <laughs> and every time my mom or my sister say it, I say, you know that's my least favorite phrase, right? And they're like, it means Why? nothing. It means literally nothing. It is garbage words. It is word salad. Yeah. I had never heard yeah. that phrase until I moved to California. I was really? 21 or 22 years old before I ever heard that phrase. Yeah. I remember wow. thinking like, Maybe oh, that's... that's just a weird thing that Californians say. Nope. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that like, I, I th- it is said other places too, but it's yeah. interesting that you experienced it as purely California things. I'm sure that it's said a lot in California because there definitely is an attitude with a lot of people of like... Yeah, well, yeah, what are you going to do? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just got to go with it. Like, no, you don't like, oh, Donald Trump, the deaths from COVID are what they are. Pretty sure you literally have the power to help stem that issue. Ugh. Oh, we and have a huge. Knew. Yeah, of course. he. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have words. I just have sounds about yeah. that. I feel you. Thank you. I just, the rage, the rage. The rage. And then Fox News confirmed it for all of those folks who were doubting it. And then he was like, fire that anchor. <laughs> of the, course the one, he was. The one like half hour of actual news programming that they have on that channel. The anchor woman who was who like reported that that was recorded and uh, said yeah, he like tweeted like fire her. And also, can I can I also just get out there and say. Shame on you, Bob Woodward. Oh, yeah. Shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Shame right away. And like. You're not any better because you held it back for fucking profit. Mm-hmm. And right. like the guys who did the jinx also mm-hmm. almost got in trouble for holding back information. Because he confessed on because well, oh, spoiler. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. But they almost got in trouble for the same thing. But luckily they hadn't looked through all of that footage. So like the, uh, the two weeks that but, they reported okay. it. I'm sorry. If he was on mic. Yeah. Someone was listening Someone to was him listening. on mic. Yes. yes. And they don't, they're not just like, well, I guess they'll hear this when they hear it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would be immediately like, holy shit, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. We have the end of our movie. Yeah. And this was about like the murder of one person, right? Or like five people total. A couple people, but yeah. But Bob Woodward held back information in February about a about, global pandemic. And now pandemic. there were almost 200,000 United States citizens dead. So fucking yeah. shame on you. And I hope that you can't sleep. Honestly, I hope that you lay in your bed and you're like, I really fucked up. I really fucked up because you did. And fuck you. Yeah. And some of that, some of being conflicted is having a conscience. Yep. You know, having a fucking conscience and your conscience being like, hey, hey, did you do a, did you do a shitty thing? You, maybe you should think a bit more about the shitty thing that you did. And don't get me wrong. I have anxiety. I like stay awake at night thinking about like the one stupid thing I said to this one person a really long time ago and like how I couldn't believe how stupid I was. Um, but 100%. that's different. Yeah. The waitress drops your food and she's like, enjoy your meal. And you're like, you too. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. 3 a.m. You're thinking about it. 
she gave you a yep. weird look. Weighs heavy on your conscience. It does. You and I was a waitress. Like, I know but that she's not <laughs> no, care. Absolutely. She doesn't care about it. She immediately I remember away. in fourth grade, we were like at a track and there were a bunch of hurdles set up. And I'd never done hurdles before, but I had seen somebody do them. And I was like, I can do this. And I tried one and I absolutely failed. Did and like my shit? back leg, my back leg hit it and I ate shit on the ground. And I immediately got up and was like, at my old school, that's how they taught us to fall. That if like we weren't going to make it, that like they taught us the proper technique to fall without missing a fucking beat because I was so. I'm like <laughs> ingrained in me to like not be embarrassed ever. Um, oh my God. And I want to pick still up baby Riley. So embarrassed <laughs> just thinking back and being like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Okay. First of all, no one else remembers that. I know. Um, number two. Although I kind of hope they do. It's very possible. <laughs> I really just want to hug baby Riley and be like, I love you. You're perfect. Everything's going to be okay. You're a real kick ass adult. So don't worry about it. Oh, thanks. I just want to. I just want to help you curl your hair, Annabelle. <laughs> I uh, and then maybe, Riley, as an adult, you could go back to baby Nicole and be like, so your period blood it's isn't necessarily just like in the commercial. And I'd be like, Holy it's going to be red. Shit. Sometimes it's going to be weird and gross and yeah. you're going to think something's wrong with you, but it's not. Honestly, if more people just said that to like 12 year old girls, yeah. I think the world would be a much better place. Yeah. 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 Let's talk openly about clots. Let's let's yeah. let's be real about it. I'm also convinced this was a, a topic that was going on on my group text with my best friends this week. Um, I'm convinced that girls could learn to pee standing up if they were given the same encouragement that boys get as young children. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we were just like, oh, you can't do this um, and you have to do this. So you better learn and you will never learn. And I don't know if that's true. Yeah. That's all. You can Google it. There's stuff on the internet. Now I'm just considering <laughs> what muscles you could work on to like aim your P stream or like how you would like orient your hips. I feel like well, it you could work. use your hands because so do boys. So just incorporate that into your visual. Okay. Very few men, I don't know. I'm not in men's bathrooms that often, but or like humans <laughs> with penises. Um, I don't think a lot of them do it hands free. I really I think it's want maybe them to. Possible. I want them to be I'm doing sure push-ups. you've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in general, there's some hand assistance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so just keep that in mind. That whatever aiming is happening can be somewhat manual and also muscles involved. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like it's whatever. You can at me about this if you'd like. Also, Google it. There's the internet has way more information. I just want to talk about it for the next five to six hours. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, go ahead and at me too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, do it. Oh, man. Uh, anything else you're conflicted about? I mean, uh, that you want to openly talk about? <laughs> public? I don't know. I mean, everything all the time. Yeah, so, I yeah. know. It's a lot. <laughs> um, if you have things you're conflicted about, if you have thoughts, feelings, uh, questions, rants, confessions, go ahead and email us at hagspodcast at gmail.com or at us across all social media at hagspodcast. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hagspodcast. You'll find a whole bunch of, as soon as you become a patron, you'll have access to all of our behind the scenes videos. We put up at least once a month, but we've got like dozens up there at this point. Um, and we have all sorts of other things depending on your tier. We've got monthly Q&As. We have video messages and Skype sessions and Hags merch like tote bags and notebooks and magnets and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, check that out at patreon.com slash hagspodcast. Thank you to Alex Reeves and Point of Blue Studios for editing and producing our podcast as always. And subscribe to us on Spotify and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. And please incorporate three sentences about the most creative way you can think of to pee standing up. Yeah, I want to know. 
I, I want know. to know. I want to know all of your secrets. <laughs> um, I'm Nicole Weiland. I'm Riley Rose Critchlow. I'm Alex Reeves. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.